This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I have a good friend who's an accountant, and he comes over to me after tax season, and he says to me, you know, I have a question for you. He says, my seven-year-old son, good boy, learns in yeshiva, everything's great, we have no issues with him the whole year. He says, but I've noticed that the last few years, every year, and it gets to tax season, I'm working crazy hours. I literally sometimes I'm working till 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. I walk in the door. I'm exhausted. He says, and every night for a few months during this crazy season, I'm exhausted. I'm bombed out of my mind. I walk in and I see my son. He's up. He's yelling at my wife. He's screaming at my wife. He's arguing with her. He's like, it's the middle of the night. Like, what is this kid in first grade, second grade? Like, what is he doing? She says, and I sit down with him. I try to talk to him. The kid is bananas. He's going crazy. And I try to, like, talk to him. And he says, and my son one day got very upset at me. And he said something to the effect of, like, you know, you're never around, or you're, you're always in the office, you always seem to be busy. And he's like, yeah, I, I am. I legitimately am. I told my son, I love you, I care for you. I'm, I am busy. I'm busy. It's, it's tax season, what am I supposed to do? So he's like, doesn't the kid understand, like, I'm busy, I'm a CPA, I'm working, I'm working really hard for my family. Like, what else am I supposed to be doing differently? And we were schmoozing about this. So, there's a concept that a lot of couples make a similar mistake. And, and I'm going to explain this as we go on. The idea is as follows. Is that if I were to say to somebody, try to think of a case that is an example of Yerashimayim. What is like a classic example of Yerashimayim that pops into most people's minds? So they say, this guy has Yerashimayim because he has a smartphone, so he doesn't, you know, get caught up in the internet. He he doesn't speak Lashon Hara. He was going to speak Lashon Hara, but he has a lot of Yari Shemayim, right? That's like how we classically think and process the idea of having Yari Shemayim. But Ravel Yelapiyan, who's one of my all-time favorite Svarim, Leva Yahu, he says that's not really the correct understanding or definition according to the Torah of he says there's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Mipne Seva Takum, Vihadarta Pene Zakin, Vyaresa Me Elekacha Anihasham. Which simply means you'll stand up in front of an old person, you'll you'll grace the face of an of an elderly person, Vyaresa Me Elekacha, you'll have Yarishamayim. So what's the halacha? The halacha we all know. You have an old person who walks into a room. And you're within Daladamas of them, you see them, you're supposed to stand up for them, you're supposed to give them respect. Okay. So says Ravel Yilapian, why does it say, um, why does it say in the Pasach, that you'll have Yerash Shemaim, you have Yare Shemaim? He says, Rashi says, because what it means is that it's not only that I'm going to stand up for the person, but it also means that I'm not going to like be walking down the street. I see this old man coming towards me. So what do I do? I just duck out into an alley or I just make pretend I don't see him. He says, that is the concept of Yerashimayim. Yerashimayim in a nutshell 
is not that I avoid doing something bad in as much as it's I look to do something positive. I don't look for a pator. I don't look for an easy way out. I look to not just follow the law, but to do things within the law. Really, the law is if I don't see you, or if you're not within a proximity of me, I can just, I don't know, I didn't see you. The Eresa Me'alikacha is telling you, don't try to duck your responsibilities. That's the concept. Don't try to duck your responsibilities. And Rav Ali Lapian takes it to another level. He says, that's not, that's not it. It's not only that you don't look to shirk your responsibilities and that you do your responsibilities, but he says it's even a step above this. And he brings the very, very famous Gemara. There's a Gemara in Ksubis that talks about the Churban. And the Gemara says that, the Gemara says, Maisa, Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai. The story of Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai, that he's going on a donkey, and he's walking, and he sees that there's a woman who's the, a very famous woman. She's the daughter of Bas. She was Bas Nakdimain ben Gurion. She was the daughter of Nakdimain ben Gurion. Who was Nakdimain ben Gurion? He was one of the most wealthy individuals of all time. And she sees that this woman was reduced to such poverty that she was looking amongst the animal waste in order to find something that was edible. That's how low she had sunk during the days of the Churban. And he says, who was this Nakdim and Megurin besides being a fabulously wealthy person? So the Umar says that he wasn't just fabulously wealthy, but he did tzedakah on a crazy level. Nakdim and Megurin, he, he used to walk out of his house with pails of gold behind him so that the Anim, the poor people, can come and take the gold without being embarrassed that anybody will see them. That's how he used to walk back and forth from his house to the base medrash, or from his house to the, to the marketplace. When they used to have the Eile Regal coming up to Yerushalayim, he was the one who sponsored, build wells over here. Let's fill up 12 wells filled with water so that tens of thousands of people can drink water. This was a man who was performing tzedakah on a level that was unprecedented. It was unbelievable. And yet his daughter was here sifting through animal waste to try to find a kernel of something edible. It is hard to fathom that concept in itself. But the fact that her father was such a, a, benef- a benefactor to the whole world, to Kleisel, to everybody, he did it on such a level. The Gemara says, how's that possible? How's that possible? And Reveille Lapian says, I'm going to tell you the answer. It's going to sound crazy, but I'm going to tell you the answer. The answer is, is that yes, he gave a billion dollars to Tzedakah. Yes, he walked around, he had pails of gold and silver, and people used to just snatch up all the money. But you know what? That wasn't hard for him. It wasn't hard for him. He gave away a billion, he had 50 billion. It wasn't hard for him. There wasn't a challenge here. The true challenge of Yari Shemayim is that you, you don't just do whatever you do. You don't just daven because you daven with a minion because I daven with a minion. That's not it. The definition of Yari Shemayim is taking your relationship to the next level with Hashem by being proactive and creative 
within your service of Hashem. To a degree, this man had done that. He, he had pails of gold where people could take them. But it was not enough. The Lord says it wasn't enough because each individual person on each individual level knows at what point they are challenging themselves. And at what point they're just doing things within their comfort level. Many people have tremendous amount of avoidas Hashem, but not so much Yari Shemayim within their avoidas Hashem. The ability to push yourself within your relationship past what is required of you to look to be creative within that relationship, that's a challenge. That is a challenge. And that is the definition of taking your, your relationship to another level. You challenge yourself. You do something that's difficult. A lot of times I sit with couples and I say to them, I want you to send me nightly emails. And they go, what, are, what am I supposed to put in the email? And for each person it's different. But with a lot of people, the answer is, I want you to put something every day that was difficult for you to do for your spouse a creative thing. Not I did the dishes. Something out of the ordinary that you pushed yourself beyond your little box, beyond the norm. Something special, something out of the ordinary that you do proactively, creatively for your spouse. A lot of people say, well, I don't have to. I don't, I don't, I don't have to. I, I do the things that I do and that's enough. And sometimes it's enough and sometimes it's not enough. And, and like my friend, the accountant, it's not enough. His seven-year-old son is teaching him a lesson. It's not enough. When you're not home, for all the greatest reasons in the world, it's not enough. The bottom line is that you are not present as a parent. So I act out. All the shtiklach taira, all the reasons, all the answers... You have a boss. You need money. You need part. That's all great. It's all true. But you're not there. A lot of people say, I don't yell at my wife. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I don't cheat on her. I don't yell at her. I don't abuse her. I don't. Why is she happy? Because the, the guide for successful marriage is not that you don't yell and cheat and stay faithful. And that's not, that's not the guide. The guide for successful relationships is that you do something proactively for the person, what they want from you to do for them. That is a successful relationship. A successful relationship is not just taking your kids to the park and sitting on your phone. It's taking them to the park and being engaged with them. What they want. They want to play this game, you play the game with them. Your wife does not want to play this game, you don't play the game with her. Your wife wants to go for a walk, you walk with her. She wants to go shopping, you shop with her. You do the things that the person wants from you and you do it without expecting anything in return in a creative way, in a challenging way. Because if it's not creative and if it's not challenging and if it's just day to day, then chances are it's not going to pack the punch, which is the message. The message is, don't think you just go about your married way every day, all the things that you want to do, that's not enough. You gave a billion dollars to Tzedakah. Wow, we, ha- we have your name up everywhere. Everybody knows you. Not demon Ben-Gurion. But you know what you go down in history as? Your daughter is the lesson. 
She is reduced to poverty beyond poverty. Because, yeah, you did things. You gave out tzedakah checks. Because that's what you do, because you're a billionaire. But it's not enough. It's not enough for you in your life. It's not for me to tell you what is challenging. It's for you to know what's challenging. That's the challenge. The challenge is to find what it is in your own life that is hard for you. And then to do it. And not to fall on your sword and be like, oh, it's so hard for me. To do a besimcha. I'm happy to do this. This is hard for me. I'm doing this happily. I'm pushing my limits of my avaydas Hashem. Ivdu es Hashem besimcha. In true simcha, in true happiness. Not coming up with great reasons why we can't do it. Because at the end of the day, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the reasons. The bottom line is, if you don't execute, if you don't do it, you don't do it. Most famous, one of the most famous, of all of the stories in Navi, story talks about Yiftach, goes out, leads a war for Kal Yisrael, comes home, and he says, the first thing that comes out of my house, I'm going to slaughter, I swear I'm going to slaughter the first thing that comes out of my house. And he walks out of his house, famous story, his daughter comes out of his house. And he says to her, what did you do? I have to slaughter you. And she turns to him and she says, Daddy, what, what are you talking about? No, you, you don't have to slaughter me. Oh, he's like, no, I made a neder. Yeah, I promised. Oh, you made a promise? So just go over to Pinchas, and Pinchas will just annul your vow. And they tell Pinchas, hey, did you know that Yiftach made this neder? And Pinchas is like, oh, great, so let him just come here and I'll annul his vow. And Yiftach says, I am the leader of the generation. I don't have to go. I have to go to him to annul my vow. If he wants me to annul my vow, let him come to me. And Pinchas says, are you joking? I'm the Av Bezdin, I'm the Gadol Adar. You have a problem? Come to me. They're both right, right? Everybody's right. I don't have to extend myself. I don't have to do anything. Yiftach's daughter became the lesson. The lesson. You could be dead right, but you're dead. You're dead right, but you're dead. Your stubbornness killed that girl, that daughter. And Yiftach gets punished. He dies of old age. His whole body starts falling apart. And Pilchaz gets punished. He loses his Ruch HaKadosh. He loses everything. Because at the end of the day, it's not about what I have to do as much as what I push myself beyond my regular limits to do. Imagine you're driving your car to a meeting where they tell you, if you get here at 11 o'clock and you conduct this meeting, you will walk out with a check for a million dollars. You're so excited. You leave a half hour early. It's an hour drive. You start driving. And along the way, your car breaks down. And you're like, oh my gosh, my car broke down. And you call them and you're like, my car broke down. And they're like, yeah, we understand your car broke down. And you're like, yeah, it broke down, I can't make it. And they're like, oh, okay, fine, we understand. You're like, are you upset? No, I'm not upset. You're not upset? Great, wonderful. Can I have the money? No. Because we told you you have to be here at 11 o'clock in order to get the money. You see, the reason... We're not upset about the reason. But if you're not here, you don't get the money. If you don't spend time with your kids, they're going to act out. If you don't spend time with your wife, they're going to act out. If you don't do your duties, they're going to act out. People get angry, they get depressed, they get anxious, they yell, they shut down, they flare up when they don't get the things that they need. Our relationships are built on that. We can stand on ceremony, we could say, I don't have to do that. 
Where does it say in my ksuba, I'm going to go for a two-hour walk with my wife? It's not brought down. It's not brought down in halacha. It's not brought down anywhere. I'm putter. I don't have to. It's not true. You're right. But you're wrong. You're 100% right. But you're dead wrong. It doesn't say that a father has to sit in a park and push his kid on a swing. It doesn't, doesn't say it anywhere. But the bottom line is, is that that's what your kid needs from you. The bottom line is that's what your wife needs from you. Your husband needs you to respect him. He needs you to listen to his vartira. He needs you to look up to him and ask him your questions and give him respect and covet and build him up to a point that you can hold him up in the highest esteem. That's what marriage is built on. If you say, well, who says? Where does it brought down? Who says I have to do this? Great. You're totally right. But at the end of the day, you're dead wrong. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.